Welcome to Afros in the Diaspora. My name is Sarah. I am your host. And together we will vent, rant, laugh, and cry as we discuss the highs and lows of being an immigrant. Stay tuned for stories that will inspire, inform, entertain, and give hope. This is Afros in the Diaspora. Welcome, 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 Sherry, to the Afros in the Diaspora podcast. How are you? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here (laughs) with me today. I'm so excited for the conversation that we have today. But, you know, we have two icebreakers for you. And I'm going to mix it up this time around. I'm going to ask you to name 15 countries in the continent of Africa. 15. 15. Oh, putting me out here. Uh, okay. Woo. Okay. I'm going to say Democratic Republic of Congo. Mm-hmm. We've got Congo. We've got mm-hmm. Sudan and South Sudan. How many is that? Four. Four? Yes. We've, we've got Egypt, Morocco, Ethiopia, Nigeria, Ghana, Libya, South Africa, Zimbabwe, Tanzania, um, ooh, Rwanda. <laughs> One more. Madagascar. Oh, <laughs> round of applause for you. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't know I could do that on the spot. <laughs> um, amazing. Great. Okay, good. Uh, so our next question for you, I want you to tell us about the worst job you've ever had. Like in your life, like the worst job, the job that you had to do, but you will not wish that on your worst enemy. Okay. Um, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. I was working for a cleaning company, subcontracting, and uh, I would work after hours going into clinics and cleaning up after, you know, a work day. Mm-hmm. So there were definitely some things <laughs> here and there. Clean. You gotta, you know, you gotta make sure it's sanitary and uh, just disinfected for the next day. Uh, but I guess the part that I that made that so disgusting was just the garbage, and <laughs> I hated it so much. Yeah, definitely on top of my list for worst, well, worst jobs. <laughs> Yo, I've worked at a clinic before as a medical office admin, and I understand what you're saying. The The garbage at the end of the day, because we have to do u- urine samples, we have to do swabs, you know, and things like that. Like, there's a whole lot that happens in the clinic, and <laughs> a lot of it can be disgusting, so I know what you're saying. Yeah, I've seen it all. <laughs> <laughs> Not seen it all. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Um, so, so we're going to go into our topic for today. We're going to be talking about interracial relationships and the intricacies of it. Um, so, Sherry, before we go right into it, I want you to just give us like a short summary or, of your background as an immigrant and African. Yes. Okay. So short summary of my background as an African immigrant. I um, was born in Egypt, but my parents are Sudanese. So they met in Egypt, got married, had me. And when I was three years old, we immigrated to Canada. So I've lived 
here in Canada my whole life. I'm now 27 years old. Um, and the experience has been a roller coaster, to say the least, in regards to how it affected, how being an immigrant here has affected uh, my family, myself personally, and um, just in regards to um, me being a part of the diaspora, but still feeling like I'm a Canadian <laughs> because I was raised here. Uh, just the, the different, uh, I guess, just the differences between the two and trying to identity-wise discover who, more about myself, who I am uh, through different methods now in my adulthood. So yeah, it's been a journey. Mm -hmm. I, bet. <laughs> uh, there's been, I bet. Yeah, there's been a lot, a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. um, and so since we're talking about interracial relationships, Tell us about how you met your husband, Ian. Oh, yes, my husband, as I'm sure <laughs> everyone is wondering, he's uh, a white man. <laughs> and I met him at church. So uh, he's praise the, the pastor's kid. Yeah, praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> he, uh, he's so great. And how we met actually is really. Um, it's just one of those stories it's like we knew each other for for a few years and i never you know batted an eye at him and kept my distance you know knowing full well you know you don't <laughs> mess with pastor's kids and um but then we were on a ministry uh trip one summer and we became really good friends over that trip uh, we were with a group of other people from the worship team because I sing on a worship team and he plays the drums. And from that moment forward, we were like this, like friends, you know, we, who hung out all the time. We went to all the church events together. Um, so that was eight years ago. <laughs> he asked me to be his girlfriend in uh, January, 2015. And we, we're dating for seven months. He proposed to me that August. And then a year later, we got married. <laughs> so now Ooh. it's been seven years of marriage. Seven years. Yeah. Wow. And that's, a, that's, a, yeah. that's an achievement. Like, that's an accomplishment. <laughs> because a lot of marriages don't I make know. it that long. So, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Well done. Um, now, uh, tell us about the wedding process. Tell us about, because I know you're coming from... A, an African mm -hmm. culture uh, we all know like you know there's yeah. the bride prize there's the traditional marriage right if you're going to do a white white mm -hmm. wedding there's that as well if you're going to do a court wedding there's yeah. that so you're basically doing like three weddings but they're all like kind of important you know what I mean exactly. um so like there's oh, a traditional yeah. part of it bringing your family into it setting a date you know what the mm -hmm. traditional rights are so please take us on that journey yeah. of like what that was like for you and your husband Okay, so I'll be honest, and no one come for me <laughs> when I say this, but uh, I, I will be completely honest in just saying that um, I was young when I got married, so 19, uh, 20 years old, um, and until then had not had a whole lot of exposure to the traditional methods of marriage in for my culture, right? And so I did not expect the process mm. that was going to come about from 
uh, and my husband wanting to be wed to me, wanting to marry me. So uh, I guess to keep the long story short, we were engaged August 14th in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. You know, the way he did it, it was so elaborate, so romantic. Uh, you know, fairy tale story. Um, calling everyone on the way home, like, guys, guess what happened? I said yes. Oh. You know, proposed. <laughs> Crying, just so much joy in the moment. And <laughs> a day later, I'm home, and my mom, God bless her, she she didn't know, right? Like, I just was so you know, head in the clouds, excited. She told me that. Uh, the engagement wasn't real <laughs> until uh, things were done the traditional way. So I was like, wow. What? What, <laughs> what does that mean? Oh my God. I don't understand what you just said to me. <laughs> no context, right? So we walked out a year long process after an engagement party that had been planned and helped to be put on through members, African members at our church. They kind of helped to give me context and Ian context as well because I couldn't prepare him. I had no understanding whatsoever of what was about to take place. Um, so I, I kind of, I'll be honest still to this day, I feel a little bit of guilt behind that, of not knowing and not being able to share that, that kind of the process with him beforehand and his family, you know, just because yeah. um, his sister, who's also my age, was also getting married that year. So just the added pressure so like two weddings in the family the same year yes it was a journey to say the least we had a bride price arrangement that started negotiations and like monthly meetings for an entire year (laughs) so my engagement process for me i'll be honest was stressful Mm. it was not a an experience that I wish on anyone, especially a young bride to be, you know, was just trying to be excited about her wedded life coming up. And um, for many reasons, to be honest, like if, for me, I, I just felt a little bit betrayed. <laughs> I won't lie. Because uh, I, I didn't know. I wish I knew. I wish someone had prepared me and told me in advance, mm-hmm. which again was difficult because again, me being young, um, and not having been exposed to a whole lot of that before in in my life. Uh, one of the reasons being my parents uh, split when I was maybe 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And that kind of pulled us away from my community and our culture. Anyway, all that to say, <laughs> there was a bride, pace, bride price that was paid um, respectfully. It, it was something we wanted to honor. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were going to follow through with it, even though there were days where it was hard. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I, I told Ian, I was like, you don't have to go through any of this for me. Like, like if you want to just <laughs> turn away and <laughs> I, you know, I even told his family and, uh, they all told me like, especially his father. So my father-in-law, he said, um, no, Sherry, you're worth it. And, oh. you know. That solidified it for me that, okay, this is my family. They're willing to go through this discovery process, this journey of learning with me. So that was my experience. Shout out to them, though, because that support, I'm sure, made a huge difference for you. Because, like, 
I bet it was hard enough, you know, feeling guilty and like, oh, I wish I could have prepared them. And da, da, da. But knowing yeah. that there was so much grace from their side, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, and you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't that like, uh, I, what is it? An, an animosity got. Lord, yes, English animosity. language. <laughs> there wasn't animosity yes. from them for like, oh, why didn't you tell us? Or why didn't you prepare? Like, you right. know, just that grace of like, you know, you're worth it. You know, we're mm-hmm. here with you. We're going through this together. That reassurance, I'm sure, made a massive difference for, for you. It did. It did. Yeah. It made all the difference, honestly, because it was at a time where I knew, like, um, for myself that. Um, just one of the rules uh, in my traditional um, wedding, uh, just the way that they do things, was that the bride has no say in any of the dealings and the proceedings after engagement. So um, it was hard for me to plan a wedding <laughs> when when I couldn't be, you know, heard or or I couldn't have any, I guess, contributions verbally. Yeah. on my own behalf so I'd have to get someone to tell uh, my family what I wanted and it, yeah it was just an interesting process <laughs> to the least. Um, not something that I feel like you know not looking back I I understand it but in the moment <laughs> girl yep. I had hard. no idea <laughs> yeah, yeah and I hard. can I can only imagine because I'm Nigerian from Edo State Benin City and mm-hmm. I've been to a couple of mini weddings. I've been there oh, as yeah. my Nigerian accent is speaking <laughs> out right now. I've yeah. been to a couple of those weddings. <laughs> but you see, I I don't know that I really know that I know the full breakdown of it. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. all those like conversations with like the elders of the family or the men yeah. of the family or in between the father of the bride versus the father of the groom and like all those conversations. I don't, I don't really yeah. think I know it. So, um, Girl. <laughs> maybe I need to call up my mom and ask. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. So my advice to you and anyone <laughs> getting married from Africa, do your research and ask yeah. questions beforehand. Mm-hmm. It will save you so much stress. So much stress. Process. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Because man, I know and, and there's some cultures because there's some cultures that the bride price that from nineteen fifty is still what it is today. So if it's right. one naira, yes. it's going to be one naira and they're not accepting a dime more. And then there are some cultures that mm-hmm. it gets more and more. The, the parents or the family members or the over time. You know, elders, yeah, over time they decide that, oh, we want the head of a lion and the tail of a tiger. You know what I mean? So like, so it's so interesting oh, yeah. because different, different cultures have different, um, different requirements, right? Um, right. Wow. Okay. Next question, because um, <laughs> like honestly, just on the on the on the topic of br- like the wedding rights alone, that's a whole we yeah. could talk. We could be here all day, to be honest, Girl. because it can it can go on for a long time. Because like especially being mm-hmm. the woman, then it's like yes. you know they have to. They, it's almost like just to what you said of you felt you you could not you know make your request known or or say anything. Because in their mind, it's their way of taking care of you. 
in their mind, it's their yeah. way of advocating for you. For them, it's their exactly. way of, you know, defending you and standing for you and making sure that you're going into a great family and all these things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being in the moment, like you were saying, it's like, yeah. like it's really nerve-wracking. And it's, <laughs> exactly. I, I can only imagine, like, the super feminists listening or <laughs> people right. that would just be like, uh, I'm a woman and it's year 2023 right? and I can <laughs> There's no way you're speaking for me about There's my no wedding way. day. My right? friend, oh, will you God. go and sit down somewhere? There was <laughs> be humbled. Be you sit will be down. humbled by for exactly, exactly, exactly. Um. So, uh, what was that acceptance like within both of your families, from his family to yours to you, um, as this you know young black woman coming into their family Mm -hmm. as a wife as you know now a daughter sister and in-law you know what was that like from your your husband's family and what was that like from your family and I guess to this day we're still discovering that (laughs) Mm. um in regards to how I experienced it on my end um Ian's family has been accepting since before day one um and even more so after he came to his family uh telling them that hi guys yeah this is girl uh you all know her (laughs) and uh, she her name's sherry she goes to our church um resounding acceptance from everyone in his immediate family who Mm. um who all knew me from before and that was you know, just further confirmation that, okay, this is good. Like, I feel safe in this, in this setting. And, yeah. um, and his family has just always been that way with oh, me. Amazing. Um, and in regards to my family, my mom, from the very beginning, <laughs> Ian being a pastor's son had no issues <laughs> with him at all. Yeah. <laughs> she was just like, yeah, you're my son now. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, immediately. My parents, uh, so my dad, on the other hand, you know, he had a little bit of, you know, reservations. Not, not reservations per se, but definitely getting there. He, um, he has to be the father, right? Like, I mean, any father would be, he's protective, wanting to kind of, us in out like Mm -hmm. "Hmm, what are your intentions with my daughter from the beginning Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but things now are good it's it's been an interesting process just because we are christian ian and i and our family Mm -hmm. um but on my mom's side her siblings are muslim so that's been interesting to walk out yeah she converted when i was young and uh so not that that causes any tension or anything like that, but it is something that's a difference, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and in terms of acceptance, they're very accepting. They came to all our celebrations for our wedding, mm-hmm. but it's it's something I think about, and I'm sure Ian thinks about uh, from time to time. That there is a difference there, and yeah, it's just something to work out and figure out as we go. Wow. That's yeah. great, actually. Like hearing that both mm-hmm. families are there already, and like, yes, you're my family. You, you know, you're my son. You're my daughter. You're 
we're family now or even on their way there that's awesome mm-hmm. because like that's mm-hmm. not you would think it's common but it's it's not very common even amongst like black people or you it's know true. um because you know cultural biases still very very much exist and um sometimes yeah. it's not even it, it doesn't even have to do with like the skin color of like white versus black like in a lot right. of african communities um it's like mm-hmm. oh you are mar- you are either marrying from this tribe or you're staying single you know what i mean like right. so so i so i hear you and i think that's absolutely amazing um yeah another question i have for you as we get into the harder questions um tell me about the spicy stuff (laughs) the spicy (laughs) stuff um tell me about um tell me about what um your community i guess outside of family so like friends colleagues like kind of the world like the outer circle from your family Mm -hmm. like how how was that received from your friends from his friends you know because Mm -hmm. um there's white privilege there's the fetishous (laughs) jesus lord god it's gonna it's it's coming (laughs) it's there it's there it's there (laughs) um yeah so just what did the acceptance from his own community that we're not family look like so his friends his colleagues and same with you what was that like because there's such a thing as white yeah. privilege there is you know where they're racially considerate you know where they you know because the topic topic about um fetishes fetishes oh my lord oh my goodness okay. i can't i can't speak i don't know words anymore hold on let me let me ask google to say it for me yes google <laughs> this is stressful fetishes size fet- fetishization oh, oh yeah <laughs> that did not make it Fetish- any easy fetishization i girl only you can say that word. is that all only me? google fetishization fetishization for me <laughs> we're gonna take the whole question me. from the top we're gonna try that question again let's try Fetishiz- fetishization okay that is um, yes <laughs> that word <laughs> <laughs> okay take three okay, okay. third time the change in the charm so what did what did acceptance or what did the reception of you know this your interracial relationship marriage look like from your social circle and his um social mm-hmm. circle so like your friends um co-workers colleagues and and just people outside of family what did that look like because you know there is such a thing as like um fetishization fetishization <laughs> There is, <laughs> this is crazy. There is such a thing as fetishization where like um, people from one race consider um, folks from other different races and just have like sexual fetishes right. um, yeah. about them. And it's like, oh, I've heard that, you know, I don't want to give examples because they can be really awful, um, sure. but it is a real thing. And I'm sure you are aware of this, um, Sherry, yeah. but what did you, did anything like that come up? Like, you know, all those jokes that are not really funny that people tend to make, you know, like <laughs> when someone, people say sometimes like, I, 
I once heard a, a white person say, oh, I should stop saying the word black because when, it's, when, <laughs> when you go black, you never go back or some oh, crazy, yeah. like, yeah. dumb, 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 <laughs> dumb, 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 dumb joke like that. Out right. of nowhere, like, we were talking about something completely different, and he just made this weird reference because I was the only right. black person in the room. And, you know, oh, just weird, yeah. weird stuff like that um, that, yeah. that are very, very real, that happen in real life. And I just... I wonder, you know, like where they racially considerate because acceptance and being racially, you know, being liked by folks, even whether it's family and friends. And maybe I can extend this question to like his family, too. Are they like mm-hmm. racially considerate of you as a black woman in their space? Mm-hmm. Yeah. in their just talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. So I guess socially speaking, uh, we've got quite the diverse group of friends. So right from the beginning, uh, things were easy, right? Like we've got a bunch of other friends who are also interracial couples, uh, really good friends of ours who oh, that's great. Are, um, the husband is uh, from Zimbabwe and his wife is from Sri Lanka. Wow. But they met in Montreal, wow. <laughs> of all places. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually Ian was really good friends with them um, before he and I even became a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been we've had this influence of just very diverse range of uh, different kinds of cultures and backgrounds in our friend group and our social groups. Um, but then there are the groups and social groups that let's say Ian grew up in, right, which are less culturally diverse. <laughs> um, for myself personally, growing up. I've always had like, like I had friends from every country in the world, basically. <laughs> so I, I've never felt out of place in any room. I, especially, you know, just being um, in such a diverse community growing up. Yes, there are moments where I was the only black person in the room, sure. But predominantly speaking, I, made it so that I was surrounding myself with people who looked like me or had similar um, aspects to themselves that are, you know, to myself. So in regards to when we started dating and what that looked like, um, of course, there were questions, you know, like culturally speaking, what does it look like to to be in an interracial couple? Um I'm going to shameless plug here, but Ian and I used to regularly post to our YouTube channel. And um, on there is where we got the questions, like, girl. And it's mostly from people uh, in the southern states or in the states in general who were just like, if I were to ever, like, you couldn't catch me dead with a white man. And I'm like, what? Like, (laughs) You know, just my eyes that were opened after, um, you know, choosing to present ourselves to the world. Immediate social circles, everyone was always readily, you know, supportive. Like there was never any weirdness. I'm sure maybe you would have a guy who makes a joke like that just because they don't know. Like it's a microaggression. Like, hey, dude, you probably shouldn't say something like that in one of our social groups from you know, his friends from way back when, but mostly speaking, we never ran into any of that kind of, like, tension. 
okay. in our immediate social groups. But definitely on the online world where anyone can kind of put their eyes on your content, mm-hmm. we discovered a lot, a lot about, you know, what, um, just even like, you know, our neighbors to the south, how, how different it is down there and how a couple like us is just like still in so many people's eyes, like unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we got, we got some comments that I won't lie to you made me pretty upset. Like, like, it, mm-hmm. because I just, I never in my life heard some of the things that people would say, like, you, you know, like if you're married to a black woman or a black person, like your kids are going to have a lesser IQ or just the, some of the most racist things. Like oh that's just one goodness. example. And that's like. That's like not as bad as it gets. Yes, girl. I'm like, did you know? Like, (laughs) if I could come back to some of these people. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And, you know, like, identity wise, for me, of course, I started to question, like, whether validity as a person, right? Because you're like, is this how the rest of the world sees me? Just because I chose to be with someone who's different than me. (laughs) <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. a, it, that part was a challenge for sure. Um, mm-hmm. In regards to our family though, like, I couldn't say like that there's ever any of that like weird, like, you know, like, ooh, okay, but I'll, I'll, okay, there was this one time, <laughs> <laughs> right, we were first dating. Uh, and I didn't know this was happening because, like, he invited me over. His whole family was home. I didn't know this. It was Boxing Day, so he had his cousins, his aunt from out of town, and we walk in the door, and everyone's sitting in the living room. They're staring right at us, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Hi, everybody. We leave the room, go to the kitchen, or I went to the bathroom or whatever, and his aunt of course, out of excitement, right? She would never have said this if she knew it would have hurt me, but um, she was just like, she whispered, she was like, mocha babies to everyone in the room before she even knew our situation, before she knew like who I was or anything, like we we're going to have mocha babies. Yeah, she was singing to the future. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So just things like that um, when it comes to family, comments mm-hmm. that kind of like, are coming from like a you know a genuine place of like excitement and like love for for the diversity but you know sometimes people just don't know they're just not socially aware they don't get it that's not me making an excuse by any means because Mm -hmm. we work to educate ourselves in 2023 (laughs) um but um, it was new for me, new for Ian, new for everyone involved, right? So you kind of have to extend a little bit of grace here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over time, you can slowly, you know, nudge a little bit like, hey, you don't say things like that. <laughs> just, yeah. just so you know. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, all in good time, honestly, with, yeah. when it comes to family. So. Yeah. Okay, that's great. I'm glad that at least like the inner like circle of your family and friends were the there you had mm-hmm. a oh you have a very like strong support system, right? So it's not like yeah, you're facing you. adversity yeah. inside and out, like within in your home and in right. your family and then 
in the world too so mm-hmm. that is that's a gift so that's amazing it is i know yeah it really so nice. is it really is um so then my next question would be as a black woman in canada i'm sure mm-hmm. that you would have stories about <laughs> your um your stories of you know microaggressions macroaggressions and people just being just outrightly racist or discriminating you for one reason or, or another um being in a in an being in a inter and um, okay <laughs> <laughs> being in an interracial <laughs> i'm gonna get it yes i'm gonna get there you got this <laughs> i can't, I can't after that presentation word yeah <laughs> embarrassing but (laughs) don't be embarrassed it's okay um so yeah being in an interracial um relationship where your partner does not have to go through those things and sometimes Mm -hmm. and and I guess my question then is what does safety look like in your relationship of having a place to express and and just be like oh I had a rough day and this person said or did that whatever of just being mm-hmm. able to like vent and and yeah. kind of like you know what I mean like kind of un un unclench your fists you know mm-hmm. what I mean because as a as yeah. a black person sometimes just moving through the world um, whether you're an immigrant or not your skin is black period that's all they see they won't come and ask you wait are you are you African American or are you an immigrant <laughs> you know what I mean like nobody's going to come and ask you that like the reality of yeah. it is if you're black you're black your skin is black yeah. you're black like you are automatically under the you just everything encompasses you right so yeah um i guess yeah what does what does safety look like are you able to unclench your fists and no longer being be in defense mode or vigilante mode of like oh you know being kind of um over overly aware of you know you're in your interactions with people in the world of like oh that's a you know microaggression or just identifying and being like alert to people's behavior towards you right my question mm-hmm. then it's so intricate and i hope that you can <laughs> i hope that this is is a bit clear in your mind but what does yeah. it look like for you in your relationship what does safety look like are you able to unclench your fists and just be a person mm-hmm. a human and feel safe that none of that even though um, your relationship with is with someone who is a white person and even though right. um you know people outside predominantly white may have perpetrated um harmful behavior towards you racist or discrimination um or racism or discrimination but you are you able to kind of take all that off and shed it and just know that with this person this my person i'm safe and do you understand what I'm saying? Because I've said a lot of yeah. words and I, I understand if it's like, wait, Sarah, clarify a little bit. I'm just asking, yeah. what does is, what is safety look like? Because um, as a black woman, uh, you mm-hmm. don't have the white privilege that your husband has. What is that? What is that balance? And what is that? Um, what What is that like, I guess, in your relationship? What does safety look like in our relationship? I would say safety looks like having conversations that are difficult to have. Safety looks like me being free to express, you know, the true, real, raw stuff. 
from time to time whenever I do feel like I have some pent up rage or something I need to vent about, I can come directly to my husband who is always willing and open and loving and accepting in every situation. Of course, there's been conversations um, in the past, like for instance, when Black Black Lives Matter uh, was a hot topic of discussion during um, uh, COVID-19 time, that was a really difficult moment for me to experience because, you know, for the first time I felt like I was confronted with this, you know, like with how true and real racism still is in today's day and age. And with that kind of looming over my head and my shoulders every time I would come into the door after work, just, you know, you hear another thing about something going on, about how, you know, there's been brutality and racism expressed some way and you know it's heavy when you carry those things um that was an interesting thing to walk out with my husband because again first time we experienced anything like that together so conversations were had you know maybe some a little bit of misunderstanding here and there just because he can't be in my shoes and he never will be able to understand things from the perspective of being a black person but he does as much as he can to still make sure I'm heard and you know realize that he has a part to play um and I, I will say this to him from time to time but I do tell him like hey you're gonna have black sons one day you're gonna have black daughters one day and um that's going to be evident from just when they step out of the door and the world sees them, there's going to be faces, sorry, challenges that they face Mm -hmm. um, that we got to be there for them in and what that looks like. So we have those discussions on the regular and it's always meant, comes from a place of like educating and wanting to feel united in one understanding and one belief of, you know, this is who I am. How how can I feel safe and supported by you as my husband? And he's always showed up for me. Like, of course, there's been times where it's like, oh, this discussion is getting a little <laughs> heated and that's not what it was meant to do, right? Just because mm-hmm. it's coming from me. I'm an emotional person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Ian's not necessarily a the best with words but he means well and wants to know more and wants to encourage and be there for me in in whatever way I need so so it's been it's been good I feel like in any relationship really you have this kind of like you know there's everyone's got something that's different about them whether it's just culturally speaking or you know just this is my love language and this is how your love language is and how do we like meet in the middle? Mm-hmm. And I guess in regards to an interracial couple, it's just a little bit more, it goes deeper, right? Skin, <laughs> deeper than skin deep. So um, yeah, it's, it's just about being open and creating that safe space 
for for being able to discuss those things openly without any reservations and and then understanding being understanding and allowing your partner that that time to develop those understandings about themselves and and then you know walk together towards you know what we want and you want unity together yeah. togetherness so yeah yeah That's thank you thank you for answering mm-hmm. that because i know oh i can imagine because i don't know i'm single, I'm single. <laughs> but i can imagine <laughs> i can i can imagine though that um you know, like you said, in any relationship, like it takes work and communication and all those, all those things. And in nice. one that is interracial, where sometimes even down to like, um, worldview, there's such mm-hmm. difference in the way that you experience the world as a black woman versus the way that he experiences the world as a white man. Um, and those core differences, um, don't necessarily have to clash. You know what I mean? Right. They don't necessarily yeah. have to cr- have to clash, and it is possible for there to be um, care and safety in in um, in becoming one, because that's what marriage is. Yeah. <laughs> as you're becoming one one with someone yes, else, girl. and and um, <laughs> and that's what. And I guess it takes both parties to create that kind of safety and that kind of um openness yeah. and vulnerability and in mm-hmm. because like life is hard enough and then when you add like sure. the racial injustices that like again i'm I, that pressure you know the pressure from outside like i've still not seen the george floyd video just because i i can't i can't see it i cannot yeah. my heart cannot it's take it um and mm-hmm. i can only imagine you know i can only imagine um how difficult it would be to look at the white policeman kneeling down on this harmless black man and then turning to the mm-hmm. side and seeing your white partner here. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yeah. I, I can imagine how difficult it would be to kind of like make that separation in your mind that, no, this man loves me and wants yeah. the best for me versus these people are perpetuating hate. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so um, I guess it's it's an exercise in seeing people for who they are. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like people showing you who they are and seeing them for who they are versus assuming that, oh, white people are racist or black people are this or these people. You know what I mean? So instead of those like dangerous generalizations, I guess, yeah. Um, yeah. seeing people as human beings who behave in in good or bad ways, right? Because there are good people and bad people. There are good white people exactly. and there are bad white people. The same with black people, the same with every other race that exists in the world. There there are just good people and there are b- bad people. And just, I guess, the confidence or the, maybe confidence is the word, but knowing and trusting mm-hmm. that the person that you've chosen to spend your life with is not a bad person. <laughs> and loves yeah. you and wants the best for you. You know what I mean? Exactly. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All of that makes sense to me. And I think it is important. Like I like what you said about dangerous generalizations. That's exactly what I would call it. It's it is dangerous to put and unfair, honestly, to put everyone into a box, regardless of who you are. Mm-hmm. Because 
and it doesn't leave room or space for anyone to develop or grow, right? Um, in your eyes, at least, if that's how you choose to see the world. Because um, everyone has the ability to grow and learn something. They're given the opportunity to, right? Yeah. And I do agree. There's, there's situations where um, maybe too many opportunities have been given and there's just some hurt and mistrust there, sure. But if you're with someone who's actively working to to show you that you they can be trusted, to show you that they honor you and love you and there's someone that you can feel safe with, and that needs to be enough sometimes. Sometimes you just need to take that weight off your shoulders and, you know, trust that, hey, it's going to be okay. Like, yeah. But, yeah. So tell me, do people stare at you guys in public? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just going to dive right into it. Do Ooh, you get, like, uh... weird... <laughs> weird stares or like comments or questions uh, or, or stuff like that i yes we get stared at in public uh and then i'll be honest i didn't necessarily notice it until much later into our relationship because i was oblivious to it i was always like looking at ian he was probably always just looking at me <laughs> we didn't uh. you didn't care about anybody else in the room right but Later on in our relationship, for sure, I could tell, I could notice that, you know, when you're approaching someone or walking past somebody on a busy street, that they take a little bit longer to, like, look at you guys. And in regards to Ian and I, like, for sure, it's it's something that happens on a regular basis. Um, not not every day, but there's, there's definitely people who, you know, they'll be just like, hmm, that's new. I don't see that about a whole lot. And, that's okay. Honestly, I'm like, take your time. <laughs> Go for it. Take a picture if you want. Yeah. Um, it doesn't bother me. I think the reason is because, like, I mean, if I saw a good-looking couple walking down the street, I'd be looking at them, too. <laughs> and that's how I choose to see it, to be honest. Um, people can think what they want to think. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a very happy couple. And we are um, not necessarily too concerned with what others may or may not look at us and want to say or whatever, you know, whatever may be going on behind closed doors or behind our backs. Like, honestly, like, we could not give any any less energy or any less thought. But, yeah, it's definitely something I feel like we we encounter (laughs) regularly enough, for sure. Is the is the looks and and the side glances, so yeah. And I know those looks you're talking about because I I worked in a small town last year, and I just had mm. weird situations where I just you know you feel eyes on you, and I just would feel eyes on me all the time. Oh yeah. And then sometimes I just I mm. I meet someone's like stare, and like we look <laughs> eyes, and sometimes they look away, and sometimes they don't. And, you know, like, I, I, at first I thought it was in my brain, like, I w- it was just me, like, I was just in my head a little. And then I talked with the people that were around me, like, other black folks that were there with me, and they're like, oh, yes, yeah, Sarah, no, it, it, it's not in your head, it's real, they, they stare. Um, and it, I guess in my brain, I just, even up till now, sometimes I, I don't get it. Um, but, you know, I'm also guilty sometimes of staring, because, like... <laughs> If 
to be honest, like there, <laughs> the first time ever, the first time ever in my life, I saw a person just walking on the streets without a shirt on in the summer. I was looking, I'm like, wait, is, is everything okay? What is happening right? here? <laughs> I, I just what moved, I just moved to Canada in like 2015 and, you know, okay. it was part of my culture shock, I guess. Um, but I, I moved in the fall and by the time the next winter came, just seeing the way mm. that some people would dress in the, in the summer shocked me. Yeah. I, I was surprised. I'm like, is this, yes. is, is, is this for real? Are they shooting a film? Right. What is happening here? No. Yeah. So men just go about shirtless and they're going from point A to point B. And it's because without like, a care in the world, without a care in the world. <laughs> and so like, for me, like I stare when I see things that in my brain have not, connected as like exactly. a normal thing <laughs> just from the culture and the you know the space and community that I, and society that I'm from to here so I remember mm-hmm. like I can imagine like my first year here I just was like staring <laughs> at everything and everyone everything. just freaking like, oh. you know <laughs> just like wait do we have electricity uh, they've not taken the light though wait is this are they tricking <laughs> us <laughs> <laughs> this electricity is it two four seven real real you know what i mean like weird things like <laughs> yeah. that that you're just coming to terms with and even with people right because yeah. like canadians have this thing where like you're coming if you kind of on a busy road where people are coming and going um if someone is coming right in front of you like you guys are about yeah. to kind of cross each other there's this smile yeah. that people do yeah and at first i did not understand it I, I look back I'm like wait is me are you smiling at me what is going me? on so do you know me do yeah. and by the time I look back the person had already you know you know passed by me and I just yeah. you know moments like that I just find myself kind of so yeah I, I stare too like that's I guess that's yeah. part of my own integration process into, into the like the world around me and the community of just like the wonder of like wait what exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. but but I I have been on the receiving end of like those weird ones you're talking about the ones of like mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. is that is that do they wait what are they what <laughs> you know what I mean those like weird so um oh yeah glances the glares the glances glares, the side eye the side eye <laughs> bombastic side eyes <laughs> bombastic side eye Sometimes I'll be honest with you, even from other um, black people, other Africans for sure, they'll look mm-hmm. right, and they they don't care if you can see them looking. Yeah, they'll show you everything they're thinking on yeah, their face, on their face, <laughs> on their face, and uh, there's no shame. And I'm like, you know what, you do you, because yeah. <laughs> like, and I just at the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I, yeah. I'll see it like as flattery because I mean I've I've had worse so anyways honestly like <laughs> I can I imagine I can imagine that the first ever interracial couple I ever saw I stared mm-hmm. I can imagine that I, I oh, I'm sure. sure I stared because yeah. I'm coming from Nigeria in Nigeria yes it's not really, it's not a common thing for a, you know, black person to get married to or be in a relationship with a white person, right? And, you know, Nigeria, of course, like Africa is predominantly a black continent, black country. Um, And I, (laughs) I I can imagine, (laughs) I can imagine that like, because honestly, part of being an immigrant is by the time when you move here, 
there's that sense yeah. of wonder when you're like in a public place and you're yeah. like oh my gosh like am I really here new. is this really yeah. you know what I mean like am I really here is this really happening like that sense of awe and wonder like for the first month is there so like you're staring yeah. at everything like the food the what the the, the snow in the like everything <laughs> like the grass oh my god the leaves are falling from the trees what is happening <laughs> you know what i mean like there's that sense yeah. of wonder and awe yeah. and that extends to people too by the time you see like asians and you're like oh wow that's his that's a Chinese person I just yeah. saw. That's an Asian I just saw. Or like, oh, wow, a black and a white, a black man and a white woman. They are married. Look at them holding hands. Yeah. And like, it's just genuine, like, awe and wonder and like, wow, exactly. I yes. am abroad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? But but yeah, um, I I I, I, was, I just wanted to acknowledge that there are like stairs of like just wonder of like wow this is yeah. really a thing versus like it's the true. ones that are not positive of like hmm what are you mm-hmm. you know the really the the side eye like you were talking about the earlier side eye. yeah yeah okay um what is it like um, taking your space as an African person in your um, in your expression of of your culture within your mm-hmm. relationship what is that like for you oh honestly probably better than i thought it would have been um in regards to me feeling like i can just fully express myself ian's been supportive since day one like at our wedding for example he wanted to have afro beats playing for the you know reception and the dance mm-hmm. part like we will, you know, like we've always just try to immerse ourselves in culture. Um, I enrolled myself in a Miss Beauty of Africa uh, pageant the uh, first year into our marriage, and he was there alongside me, like every step of the way. Wow. Um, truly and continually supportive of every, I guess, endeavor that I've taken to discover the truth about my you know, my roots and who I am. And mm-hmm. to be honest, it's been a journey to, for myself, because um, in my adulthood, this is where I'm finally getting the chance to kind of fully grasp um, where I come from and what that traditionally speaking looks like. Um, so yeah, in the beginning stages, it's always like, you know, like, how are you with this? Like, who is this? Um, mm-hmm. But like I mentioned before, Ian was friends with multiple black people before he was friends with me. And um, it was never a thing for me, never a concern of the fact that he might see me as like a a fetish or anything like that because he was just genuinely, you know, interested by African culture and he liked to eat the food. He'd try anything, like whatever it is, is put in front of him and you know, sometimes he likes it. Sometimes not so much. But yeah. his favorite thing is plantain, right? Oh, like <laughs> he he will eat fried plantain, <laughs> that guy. Um, but just things like that. It's like I get to share those things with him, and it's never uh, for me ever been like a. Well, I don't know if you don't want to be there. If you want to be involved, um, he's just always been by my side, and always been like my little partner in crime and yeah we've always been able to enjoy those things together so yeah 
he's that's pretty amazing. great <laughs> that's amazing oh thank you so much for sharing that um thank you thank you thank you thank you sherry for opening you. yourself up with us today and and like being vulnerable with your experience and, and sharing your truth i really appreciate it and i'm sure the listeners do too well thank you for having me it's a pleasure honestly it's really great to be able to share these things and my experiences and and yeah it's been good we had a good Amazing. time today Amazing. <laughs> I want you to give us one word of advice. If there's, if you remember like an African proverb that you heard that kind of resonated with you, like I want you to just, just share something for us, just sprinkle a little bit of wisdom. I'm going to have to think about that for a second. I guess if I were to share a word of wisdom, it would be to not take yourself so seriously and not mm. to take life too seriously because we're all experiencing this together for the very first time (laughs) and we're gonna you know mistakes are going to be made but to just have grace with yourself in the process and understand that everyone's learning even yourself to give yourself grace and be kind to yourself and to others Mm -hmm. um but yeah those are my words of wisdom that i would share it's just to to be gentle with yourself and loving towards yourself and to to others around you. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sherry. Thank you again yeah. for your time, Thank you. for your energy, for your heart and for your soul. I'm just so grateful that you you just, you know, you spent the time with us to just share your experience and your heart and your life and and I just feel so grateful and privileged and honored that you felt safe and comfortable enough to answer these questions some of them were below bit hard but you went there with me and I just I just really <laughs> truly want to say thank you yeah and thank you for opening up the floor to discuss for discussions like this to happen and creating a space where people can share these things and yeah it's really truly a treasure to be able to do something like this so thank you for giving me the opportunity <laughs> amazing thank you so much sherry again for joining us until next time guys thank you for joining us on this episode of afros in the diaspora i hope this episode left you feeling inspired and hopeful To engage, feel free to like, follow, share, and subscribe to Afros in the Diaspora on all social media and podcast platforms. Remember to leave a review and a rating. If you would like to be a guest, please reach out. Send an email to hi at afrosinthediaspora.com. That is hi at afrosinthediaspora.com. Or send us a DM on Instagram at afrosinthediaspora. Remember, there is beauty in our stories and power in our voices. Together, we are stronger. Until next time.